question as well. Chassidus, however, is not bounded and defined by any form. Chassidus, however, is not bounded and defined by any form. Whereas in whereas in Torah, when you're learning in, in other parts of Torah, when you're learning when you're learning Drush, so the infinite light of Hashem, the infinite light is enclosed in the Drush. The, or when you're learning Pshat, when you're learning Rashi and Ramban, you're learning Chumash, the infinite light of Hashem is enclosed in, in the words that you're learning, the Torah that you're learning. And that's the garment that is concealing the infinite light of Hashem. Chesidus is not bound by any, by any form. Chesidus is not bound it's not Mugderis Be'ezet Siyur. Now the Rebbe is going to explain this much more a little bit later. And since those forms to which the ideas of Chesidus are revealed are in the words of Tehillim, like a garment that you will change, and they will be changed. In Chesidus it's not bound to Pshat, Trush, Remez, or so. It's not bound to a particular garment. And that's the meaning of what it says in Tehillim, that like a garment that you will change and they will be changed. Which is why Chesidus includes all four, all the four levels of Pardes, Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Sod, and gives life to them. We will see. The Chesidus is the Ur Hayechida that gives light to all the other forms of Torah. As will later be explained, the form does not, does not truly conceal the unformed abstractness of the Ein Sov within. With all the other areas of Torah, with all the other areas of Torah, the, there's a particular there's a particular form, there's a particular there's a particular um, tzior, through which the Torah is being revealed, the light of Hashem is being revealed. But Chesidus is the life inside all inside all of Torah, and the form does not truly conceal the unformed abstractness, the pshitus, of the Ein Sof within. Now, the rest of the Maim is to basically explain what this means. What is that or of Chesidus that it's not bound to the particular garment of Pshat, Remesh, Jewish, and so on, but it's something within. It's, a, it's an or Chadash that Hashem unleashed in the world to understand every part of Torah, to look at Pshat differently, to look at Remesh differently, to look at Jewish, and so to look at everything in Torah in a different way, to see everything in Torah in a different way. And in order to explain this, the Rebbe says, the Rebbe now turns to the concept of Mashiach, which you know was uppermost in his mind, And the Rebbe explains we can further clarify the definition of the essential nature of Chesidus through explaining the inner meaning of the idea of Mashiach. For from the reward of a commandment, we will know its essential nature. <coughs> and since it is through the dissemination of the fountains of Chesidus that the Master comes, the Mashiach comes, referring to King Mashiach, page 34, we'll come back to the note in a second, Thus, from the concept of Mashiach, the reward, we will know what is the essential nature of Chesidus. Now, going back to what we're all familiar with in, page, in, in footnote 32, that meeting that took place between the Baal Shem Tov when he had, and the Mashiach when he had an Elias Neshama, that Rosh Hashanah, which we learned at the very beginning this year, at that meeting, it was the Mashiach made clear that it's as a result of the Chesidus, through the dissemination of Chassidus, Mashiach told, Mashiach told the Balshamtov, I will come. 
it's through it's through the teachings of Chassidus and the spreading forth of Chassidus that I will come. And that's why the Rebbe saw an an unbelievable connection between the teachings of Chassidus and Gula and redemption, since the reward of the dissemination, the teaching of Chassidus is Mashiach. So the Rebbe says that from the reward we will know its essential nature. Since the reward for teaching Chassidus, the reward, the schar, the result, the consequence of revealing Chassidus is Mashiach, then in order to understand Chassidus, we need to understand Mashiach. Now just to review, in footnote 32, we, we saw this at the beginning, but let's just go over a little bit. When Mashiach was asked by the Balshamtov when he would come, his response was, when your fountains of Chassidus will be disseminated to the outside. In footnote 32. The Balshamtov recorded this incident in his well-known letter describing his soul's ascension on high on Rosh Hashanah 5507. The letter is printed at the end of Ben Paras Yosef, and in the book of the letters of the Baal Shem Tov and his students, where the publisher notes that he copied this letter from one written by Rabbi Chiel, the Baal Shem Tov's son-in-law, and signed by the Baal Shem Tov. It is also printed in Ginzei Nistaros. We learn it's really the only authentic, the only authentic uh, letter that we have from the Baal Shem Tov. Deburim, volume 2, chapter, and so on and so on, question the Mashiach's answer. The Baal Shem Tov asked Mashiach, Master, when are you coming? It would seem, page 34, it would seem that this was an unwarranted question. Consider the following explicit episodes in Hebrew 98. So Yeshua ben Levi asked this question of Leo the prophet, of Leo Navi, and was told to ask Mashiach himself. Mashiach's reply was, Hayom, Hayom, today. When Yeshua ben Levi asked Leo Navi, when is Mashiach coming, he said Hayom. When Mashiach did not come, Rabbi Yeshua returned bitterly depressed to Leo, who explained that this answer meant today, if you will listen to my voice, Hayom, in Bukolos Shemo. You also have to read this the fine print. That is, Mashiach could come only when Yisrael listened to the voice of God. With such an explicit reply in the Gemara, why did the Balshantov again ask the question, Master, when are you coming? It was already told, it was already told Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, that <coughs> it's Hayom in Bekolos Hashemo, that Mashiach is ready to come every day if we would listen to the voice of Hashem. So the Baal Shem Tov is the Moshe Rabbeinu of the entire school of Chassidus, for he was chosen by Hashem to be the one through whom the teachings of Chassidus at large were revealed. Similar to Moshe, the Baal Shem Tov was a shepherd of Yisrael who was concerned for even the least of the flock. Known for his great love for all of Yisrael, the Baal Shem Tov could find virtue in every single Jew, and in every mitzvah he could perceive the true radiance within. He witnessed the great self-sacrifice of his fellow Jews, the pain which they were suffering in Golis, the splendor of all their mitzvahs, and thus the way in which they were listening to God's voice. The Baal Shem Tov saw that, the Baal Shem Tov understood that, that the time had come. And so his soul ascended on high and visited the heavenly palace of Mashiach and asked him, Master, when are you coming? In response, Mashiach told the Baal Shem Tov, when your wellsprings will be disseminated abroad, chutzah. <coughs> Rashi says on that Pasuk in Mishlei, because that's a Pasuk in Mishlei, Rashi says, you will ultimately acquire disciples and give forth instruction publicly and your name will be renowned. Chassidus explains the term wellspring. The space required by wellspring is but sinewy and restricted and its waters trickle forth by drops. 
A river, in contrast, covers considerable length and breadth, and its abundant waters flow turbulently from its place of origin to the outside, chutza, to places which are not even fit for it. Likewise, chesidus has to spread abroad. It has to develop from a trickle to a, to a, a, a strong current. Chesidus has to spread abroad and become so popular and widespread that everyone would be able to know the Balshantov's teachings and be familiar with his godly understanding, which is happening in our times. That's what's happening. So back on top. With the coming of Mashiach, many sublime events will be introduced. For example, Yisrael and the Shekhinah will be re- Yisrael and the Shekhinah will be redeemed <coughs> from Galas. Yisrael and the Shekhinah will be redeemed from Galas. Look at footnote thirty-four. The Gemara Megillah, Hakadosh Baruch will return with them from exile. That's the greatest thing that's going to be when Mashiach comes. Shechin is the divine presence, the imminent category of the divine influence brought down to earth by the study of Torah and the practice of mitzvahs. Shechin is identified with Malchus and the source of the souls and also corresponds to the second letter He of the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke. One whose sins, on the other hand, breaks up the unity of the divine name, dragging the Shechin down into exile, which is the Koach of Amalek that brings us to sin. Because Yad al Ka, Milcham al Hashem Ba'amalek Midor that you know that Amalek separates and divides the yud of Hashem's name from the vav of Hashem's name. And this is the separation that we're suffering from. And when Mashiach comes, when Mashiach comes, the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah will be redeemed, will be redeemed to, together with us. So there'll be that reconnection between the yud which is above, and the vav in this world. Amalek is separating between the yud and vav that's Kiyad al Kaiska. There is a hand that is covering that separates between the Yud Hay, the Kisei, the throne, that separates between the Yud Hay and the Vav Hay. And when Mashiach comes, the Shekhinah will be redeemed together with us from exile. Together with us, meaning within us, there will be that full connection between Yud Kay and Vav Kay. Everything that we know, everything that we understand, everything that we feel and the way that we live, that we'll live entirely in that way connected to the Shekhinah, and every single thing that we live will be filled with the light of Hashem. Even greater, all Israel will be great sages. They will know the things that are now concealed and will attain an understanding of their Creator. For the earth shall be full of knowledge of God. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of God. <coughs> Even greater yet, there will be a change and great innovation in the works of creation. Page 36. Concerning the Maim Chazal, that the sole difference between the present and the days of Mashiach is delivery from servitude to foreign powers. Now the Gemara is focusing on Shibud Malchias. <coughs> Shibud Malchias, that, which the Rambam brings down the opinion of Shmuel, that the difference between the only difference between Yemos and Mashiach in our times is that when Mashiach comes, we'll be freed from uh, the servitude to foreign powers, from Sheba and Malchus, and then we'll be free to be able to learn Torah and to serve Hashem completely. But concerning this, the Swarm explained that the sole difference between the present and the days of Mashiach's delivery from servitude to foreign powers, this refers only to the beginning of the era of Mashiach. That's talking, to, that's talking about the beginning of Yemos and Mashiach. The Rambam, as you know, spoke about that freedom from Shibud Malchias as being a time that nothing in nature would change. Everything would remain essentially the same. 
there would no longer be wars, there would no longer be suffering, she would mock us would end, and because of that, our lives would be, would be very, very different. But that's only referring to the beginning of the era of Mashiach. There are, <coughs> there are explanations that Rambam as well, which he goes through in this long note in footnote 36. We're not going to learn this now, um, where, where it can be explained, and it is explained in the Rambam, that the Rambam also believes that there are two periods of Yemosa Mashiach. There's the, there's the preliminary early period, where everything will still be Bidar HaTava, will still be nature, and the only difference will be this change in Shivud Malchus that will be free from, the, from servitude to the nations of the world. But then, the, but then following that, there will be a second period of Yemosa Mashiach, where all of the changes that Chazal talk about, and that, uh, and that, and that the Mukubalim and the Tzadikim talk about, uh, and that we see in that we see in Navi and so on that those changes will take place, and particularly according to the Raya Mehemna, according to the Zohar Kodesh, this statement was meant to pertain only to ignorant people and not to those learned in Torah. That's a that's a whole other discussion. But the point is that she would mark that change uh, uh, that the Rambam talks about that the change will be from from <coughs> being enslaved to the nations and being completely free. And not having to worry about about that anymore. That's only at the beginning of this of the time of Mashiach. Continuing to detail the innovations to accompany the coming of Mashiach, the changes that will take place with the coming of Mashiach, the aspect of divinity which transcends nature will then be revealed. Therefore, the name of Hashem will be pronounced. Chazal say, now we can't pronounce the name of Hashem. We re- we read the letters Yud Kevavke. The Gemara Pesachim talks about this. We read the letters, we, we, we see the letters with our eyes, Yud Kevavke, but we don't say that. We say Aleph Dalad Nun Yud. We look at the letters, but we're not, allowed, we're not allowed to pronounce the letters of Hashem's name. That's a tremendous handicap that we're being held back, and we can't say Hashem's name. That's the aspect of divinity which, divinity which transcends nature, but then be revealed. Therefore, the name of God will be pronounced as it is written. For throughout the entire world, there will be a revelation of the name Yudke Vavke. He was, he is, he will be simultaneously. Page 38, we'll come back to the note in a second. The name that is beyond time and space. And this revelation <coughs> will be similar to that which was manifest in the times of the Beis HaMikdash. Let's look at footnote 40 and 40, 40, 42. Now, the name of Hashem is written one way. It's written Yudke Vavke. That's the way it's written, but it's read a different way. Now, we're familiar in many, many places in Tanakh, there's a Kriya and a Ksiv. There are things that are <coughs> written one way, but they're pronounced another way. So, Kriya and Ksiv. Numerous words in the Torah are not pronounced as they are written. That's a very big subject in Torah. Why is that? That there are numerous words that are not pronounced the same way they are written. These words are known by two terms, kri and ksiv. Kri refers to the manner in which the given word is read. So we read Hashem's name and we say ado and we say nai. That's how we read Hashem's name. While ksiv refers to the manner how the word is spelled or written in the Torah. It's written yudke vavke. The name of Hashem is composed of four letters. It is written Yudke Vavke. It is pronounced in Davening, however, Adnai, Adonai. The concept of creating Siv is pertinent only in our current era. In our era before Mashiach comes, where we are now, there's this separation between Kri and Siv. There's a separation between the way that we see the words 
the way that it's written, the way it's written in the Torah. But because of the handicap of Galus, we cannot fully experience the Shem Havaya Baruch Hu. Therefore, although it's written in the form of the Shem Havaya, Yud Kevavke, we can't say that. We can't say that. The Gemara there explains the same way that right now, when something good happens, we say the Baruch HaTov we're thankful for something good that happens. When there's a child that's born, we're thankful. And we say, HaTov HaMetiv. And when something bad happens, when a person dies, we say the Baruch of Dain HaEmes. Right? That we accept the judgment of Hashem. Now the truth is, the Gemara says that when Mashiach comes, we'll, we will always say, HaTov HaMetiv. That means in Yemosa Mashiach, when a person dies, we will say, Baruch Dain HaEmes. So the Gemara talks about that over there in Pesachim. And the Gemara, well, not Dain HaEmes, we'll say the Baruch HaTov HaMetiv, I'm sorry. We'll say the Baruch HaTov HaMetiv. That even when a person dies, we'll recognize the good in that. So, so the Gemara, the Gemara says we can only do that when Mashiach comes. Even though we're Maminim now, we believe that everything is good. So when the person dies, we believe that it's good. But none of us have ever been to a Levaya where people are happy, right? So even though, even though we officially, theologically, um, <coughs> believe that the death of this person is what's good, but we can't say a bracha of toiv hametiv now. It would be dishonest. It would be dishonest, and 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 it would it could be worse than dishonest, because even though in our minds we accept, we accept, and we we try to believe that this is good when this person dies, but our hearts are broken, and and we're overcome with sadness. We're overcome with sadness. If we truly, truly were in that place, which is going to be when Mashiach comes, where the light of Hashem is revealed, and there's a connection between the Yudke and Vavke, the same way that we would be, the, the same, uh, the Kri and the Ksiv would no longer be separated. That means we would no longer read Hashem's name one way and pronounce it a different way. We would no longer believe in certain things and live them a different way. The Kri and the Ksiv would be the same. What's written in our lives, the actual writing, the Guf, and what's and what's and and what we believe, what we think, would no longer be separated. So we would see the absolute good in a person dying. We can't say that now because we don't really see it. We try. We 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 push ourselves to to, to believe that to be machazik ourselves, and then we go to the pay shiva call and we try to give nechama. But the very fact that in this world we need nechama, and that we don't really, really, in the deepest level experience death as something which is good or sickness as something which is good so it's because there's the separation between the Kree and the Ksiv we see, we, we, the letters are written one way but, but we pronounce them a different way so this is, this is a, a disconnect that we have, this is the, this is the darkness of a Malachites in our lives and Mashiach hasn't come and, and because of that <coughs> because of that we can't, we can't really we can't really express the deepest, deepest truth. We can't really express the deepest thing that's buried into the Yechidah Shebenefesh, the essence, the quintessential point of who we are, which knows the truth. The Nekudah Atzmas of a Jew knows the truth. The quintessential Nekudah Atzmas of a Jew knows the truth. That that everything is Tov. We say that, we say that, 
but in our hearts we can't be right now as long as we're in Golis we can't be completely in in that place just let's finish this note the concept of the creeing seed is pertinent only in our current era before Mashiach comes for Cree. The manner in which the word is revealed by speech indicates the level of godliness presently revealed. While Ksiv, that which is not pronounced, the Ksiv, which is not pronounced, indicates the level of godliness that transcends nature. What's written is the essence, and we can't, we, we, we can't pronounce that right now. We can't pronounce that. Indicates the level of godliness that transcends nature, that which is hidden. So the Yudkei and the Vavkei are separated in our lives, the Kri and the Ksiv. We see the letters Yudkei Vavkei, and we want to be in that place of Yudkei Vavkei. But, but we can't get there. We just can't, even the greatest tzaddik, there's a blockage, there's something that's separating. And, and that separation between the Kri and the Ksiv, between the Yudkei and the Vavkei, is the Koach of Amalek, is, the, is, the, is what we're in Golas. When Mashiach comes, however, the aspect of Elokus, presently hidden within creation, will be manifest and revealed. In other words, when you, when you and I, when we, when we look at everything in the world, we look at this table, this table has a, it has a Kri and it has a Ksiv. This table has the way that it's, the way that it's actually, the way that we see it, the way we pronounce it, we say table. And the form of this table is is the way it's made is is through the the wood, the formica, the metal, whatever, and that's the form of the table. All we could all we could openly see in this table is the is the way we speak of the table. That's called the Cree. What's written, of course, is Shin Lamad Chesnun. What's written, the the table itself, what it is, is Elokus. This table is Elokus. It's it's concealed. There's a separation between the Yudke and the Vavke. We live we live in the world of Vavke. The Yudke that's in this is not connected to the Vavke in our experience of what this table is. Therefore, we see this table only in the form of of the pronunciation of table. And to us a table means a piece of wood. That's where the table is. The Ksiv is Shinlam Khasnun, Shulchan. And the Ksiv contains within it, those letters, Shin Lam Chesnun, contain within it the secret, the mystery, and Elokus of what this table really is. Of what the table really is, which is Elokus. Which right now, we believe that it is. We believe. We believe that this table is an expression of God. We believe that it's, 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 <coughs> it's complete Elokus, just like we believe that everything is Elokus. But as far as our pronunciation is concerned, how we pronounce this table... We pronounce it a table, and we and we put stuff on it, and and that's what it is in our experience. It's pronounced table. The Cree, the written, the written word shulchan is the mystery of what it truly is, shin lam chesnun, and whatever those letters are, shin lam chesnun, as the as the Alter Rebbe explains in Shaiyich Vemun at the beginning, midvar Hashem. <coughs> that everything is the is the is the oasis of the olive base of the Torah, is the infinite light of God is contained in this table. But the table has a creed and a ksiv. It's experienced on two levels. The level that we presently experience it in Golas is the way that we pronounce the table is that it's a table. And we see the form of the table. 
And that's all that we know about it. We believe that there's something else in this table. Just the way we believe there's something else inside of me and you. <clears throat> the whole the whole Yontiv of Purim is the beginning of the removal of the costume, of the garments, of the coverings. That's the big, that's the whole Yontiv of Purim. That's why Purim is a very, very deep revelation. I said at the very beginning, Radla is Reisha the Lois Yada, right, of the crown. Reisha the Lois Yada, I mentioned at the beginning today. Reisha, the lowest yada, the unknowable beginning, is the Reisha is Reish, the low is the low is Dalit, is Yada is Aleph, is the Isis Adar. Right? Reisha, the lowest yada, is the Isis Rashatevis Adar. The deeper meaning of Mishinichnis Adar, Marvin Besimcha, is that Adar Purim is the beginning of the Hisgalus of Reisha, the lowest yada, of the unknowable essence of creation. It's coming, it's our moving towards that time in a very powerful way where the name of Hashem will be will be pronounced the same way that it's written. That's why the name of Hashem is Bechlal, not found anywhere in the Megillah. It's tr- it, transcends the, it transcends that which we see with our eyes, which normally confuses us and takes us away from the panemius of what the Shem Havaya means. It's something deeper than that. The same Rabbi Nachman speaks about in Lukutamran that there are, you see this also in, in, in Shir Hashim, the name of Hashem is also not found. And there, the, the Rabbi speaks about tzaddikim. There are there are certain tzaddikim that that there that on those tzaddikim the name of Hashem is found, and there are other tzaddikim where you look at them and there and you don't see on the outside, you can't see the shem Hashem in such a clear in a clear way. There are tzaddikim that that um, that their essence is so hidden that that on the outside it's almost impossible to detect. The whole yontiv of Purim. Is, is which is the which is mechias amalek the end of a which is the, which is the destruction of amalek. The whole yontiv of Purim is is the is the beginning of that of the unraveling of Arish Mashiach. <coughs> which is why hippo pil pur hu hagarol, pur hu hagarol, that we know that on Yom Kippur the name of Hashem was pronounced. Everybody that was in the Beis Hamikdash would hear the Shem Hashem, right? When the Shem Hamfarish would be say Bekedusha Batar from the mouth of Mipi Kohen Gadol, Hayukarim Mishtachem Vnoifim Alpiyam, that regular Jews were able to hear the Shem Havai Baruch Hu pronounced on Yom Kippur. And we know that Purim is higher. Purim is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is only Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is only like Purim. Purim is on a higher image. Right? Comes from a higher place. Purim is from a higher place, and we see that by both of these days. That we see that Yom Kippur was that the 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 Shnei Hasiyir that, that was determined which would be the Garu Lashem, and which would be the Seir Lashem rather, and which would be the Seir Lazalza was determined by a poor, by a Garu, by a lot, with the two Seir, which is the Indian of Purim, that Haman Hippel Poor who a Garu, that Haman decided based upon the based upon a lot that the Jewish people were going to be destroyed, and. The Alter Rebbe explains in many places that the Indian of Gairal, the Indian of Gairal, uh, of, uh, is that which is higher that transcends nature. It's the Pneumius of the Pneumius is the Gairal that comes out, the Gairal of what of what really is the Gairal, the destiny of Am Yisrael. The 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 uh, Shem Havaya, the Shem Havaya, this was pronounced on Yom Kippur that all Jews were able to hear in the Azara, they were able to hear the Shem Hashem, the Shem Mefarish. 
that the Korean Xiv would come together on Yom Kippur after the after the Seir Lazoza, which is Amalek, was thrown away. Once the Seir Lazoza, once there's that separation between the Seir Lashem and the Seir Lazoza, and at the Gerulainu was revealed that the girl of Am Yisrael is Hashem, that no matter what has happened, no matter what we've done in our lives and what Klai Yisrael has done wrong, the girl of Am Yisrael is to be bound to Hashem. But the Seir Lazoza is covering that. That's Amalek. And once the seer is thrown away and that separation takes place, then the Shem of Farish was heard in a very, very clear way, even to the simplest Jew, which is the, Indian, the whole Indian of Purim is Mechias Amalek. And therefore, there's no longer this Indian of Kri and Ksir, the Shem Havai. Every single Jew is connected in the deepest way, even when you don't see it in front of your eyes at all. Every single Jew is connected to the Shem Havai, is, is, is connected to Elokus. And the whole Indian of Purim, the whole Indian of Purim is to is to remove these coverings, is to, the coverings of Golas, the coverings uh, of Amalek. And that's why the Reisha de los Yadis, Reish Tevas Adar. See, in, 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 in Golas, we don't understand opposites. How could it be that Hashem loves us and yet we're suffering? How could it be that, that, that Hashem is good and yet people die? So because of that, we have a Korean exiv. We just don't get it. We're completely baffled by all these hafachim, all these opposites. Right? They, they, they confuse us, and many, many, many people, because of these opposites, lose their faith. If God is good, then why is it, like, doesn't follow? So because of all of these opposites, we suffer terribly in Golas. And because we're in Golas, we can't resolve these hafachan, these opposites. In the place of, in that level of Reisha Dalavasyad, the unknowable beginning, there is no contradiction between Tov and Ra. There's no contradiction. There it's all clear. The beginning of that revelation is Purim. Because Purim is Adel Oyadav and Arham Labach Mordechai. That's why Adar is Reisha Dalavasyad. Purim comes from that place. <coughs> of Rashid of Radla, of Rashid Lois Yadav. And by Purim, therefore, the Hafachim somehow don't bother us. A person drinks, it doesn't make a difference. You could tell him two opposite things, and he says, I, I get it. It's a different level of Das. Of course, the Kunz is to do that without drinking. But we can't do that right now. But Mishinichnes Ada, Marm Besimcha, the simcha, the highest point of simcha, is to return to that quintessential point of the soul, the reisha d'lovasyad, in which there are no opposites; everything is elokus. Or there are opposites, but all the opposites are fused together in Hashem and elokus. Because the reason for our suffering is because if Hashem is baruch Mordechai, then why are our, our lives filled with arahaman? Right? We believe in baruch Mordechai. We believe in hatov ametiv. And yet we find ourselves constantly saying the bracha of dying hammers. And, 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 that, and that contradiction, the contradiction is, is, is what we suffer from most in Golas. Because in Golas, this point, the Nakuda Atzmis of Radla, of Kesra, of Tanlag, of Ratzim, which binds together all opposites, is hidden. It's hidden. The, the UK and the Vavke are separated. That's the Indian of Amalek that brings the separation. Purim, which is the Indian of Mechias Amalek, there's a taste of that Mesikus of Radlov, of Reshad Lois Yadav, 
Rashatevas Adar. There's no longer an Indian that we don't understand the opposites. So therefore, on Purim, we have to come to a higher level of Das where the opposites don't bother us. The opposites don't bother us. You can have the biggest tag in the world, and he's behaving like a little child. You can have a little child who's dressed up like Mordechai. Doesn't the opposites don't the opposites don't don't bother us anymore, because then the Kri and the Ksiv, the Kri and the Ksiv come together. So the way that it's written, the Shemavai, and the way that it's pronounced, are the same, and we have a taste of that. There's a taste of that on Purim, and Yom, Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur and on Purim. There's a taste of that. Purim is higher. In Yom Kippur, it's, <coughs> in Yom Kippur, it's we, we we can only come to that by fasting, and by the other separations that we have to we have to remove ourselves from the world on Yom Kippur. The tachlis is not to be removed from the world. The tachlis is to be engaged in the world, and to see that in this world everything is elokus. <coughs> Yom Kippur, we can't do that. Yom Kippur, in order to experience elokus, we have to separate from the world. We don't eat, we don't drink. Husbands and wives can't be together. V'chulu. So on Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur, in order to taste the, the Shem Havaya, we have to separate from the world. That's not the Tachlis. The Tachlis is to be to engage in the world and to taste Elokus inside of everything. That's only on Purim. So Purim is Davka, there's a mitzvah of, of Mishta Vesimcha. On Purim, the mitzvah is Davka to eat. If a person, if a person God forbid, fasts on Purim, he's Lomna Yeshuv, he's, he's in violation. He's in violation. And on Purim, a person's, on Purim, a person is able to come to a place of simcha despite all of the things that are in his life in this world because he comes to, uh, he comes to that level of das, uh, ad de lo yada, which in the words you hear, resha de lo is yada. Ad de lo yada, ben arham lo baruch marachai. Because lamala, 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 there's no, there, is no, there is no contradiction between, between arham and baruch marachai. Now, we can't even say that. Das is the craziest thing. Haman is the lowest, the lowest, and Mordechai is the highest, the highest. And we can't even <coughs> say it. We don't know what that means. Just like, just like I've mentioned many times, you see, it says in the Svam that Stom, which is the lowest point on earth, Stom, is, uh, is the Aisi is Said David Malka Mashiach, the secret of David HaMalach. David HaMalach was conceived in Stom. That's where the whole thing began, right? The daughters of Lot. That was by Stom. It's the lowest, lowest point in creation is stone. And the most disgusting thing that ever happened was in stone. And the most horrible destruction was in stone. And that's so Dovah Malka Mashiach, it's the secret of Mashiach is stone. Because I'll say that when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a sukkah, the sukkah of the sukkah with the schach will be from Yushalayim till stone. What is that? There'll be a sukkah that will go from Yushalayim till stone. I don't know how that will work with traffic and stuff, but there'll be a sukkah that will go from Yushalayim till stone. Stenin of Sukkah is the is the of Yasna is the beginning and the end everything coming back UK Vavke. That's the Simcha of Sukkahs. That's the Machal of the Tzadikim. That's the dancing of Simcha's Torah and Shemini Atzeres. But but Purim 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 is is the is the beginning of that Gilui, the revelation of of Adalayada of Reishadalavas Yada. Of being able to, of being able to pronounce Hashem's name the way the way that it is the way that it is written. And therefore, the biggest simcha of Purim is when a Jew is able. It's not to say fancy Torahs over at the at, at the Suda, but it's when a person is able to come to that point within himself where he knows 
he knows with absolute knowledge that no matter what he's done wrong in his life, he's still good. He's still good doesn't mean that it's an excuse to continue. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have to do tshuva. But he knows that he's still good in Hashem's eyes. That contradiction is the biggest contradiction of all. Forget about stuff that goes on in the world. What about stuff that goes on in us? We're the biggest contradictions. We're the most confusing. If we're confused by Hashem, then Kivyach Hashem is very confused by us. It's, we're much more confusing than He is. So the contradictions in ourselves. So on Purim, you see many, many Jews, many Jews are able to come back to Hashem through Purim because there's the taste of which is a taste of the quintessential point of who I am underneath all of the customs. Who, who I am. On Purim, we have a taste of who God is. And, and, and because of that, we can have a taste of who we are. And that one day when our Malik is out of our lives, we're able to taste that Nekudah Atzmas of who we are. And the Nekudah Atzmas, that quintessential point of ourselves, is higher than the contradictions that confuse us about who we are and what we've done in our lives. If I believe in God, then why am I doing this? If I truly believe in Hashem, then why aren't I, then why aren't I davening right? Why am I looking at the wrong things? Why am I, why am I acting the way that I act? Where is the name of Hashem in my life? I'm written one way, but I'm pronounced a different way. That's my life. I'm written one way, but I'm pronounced a different way. So this separation between the Kri and the Ksiv of my life, of who I am, this is the greatest contradiction of all. On Purim, a person can taste the Simcha of the, of the re- reconciliation, of the resolution of that contradiction in his own life. And he's able to take off the klipas of godless of Amalek that create that apparent contradiction between the Kri and the Ksiv. And that yichud of being, of being able to taste the reisha dolasyada within myself, within who I am, the unknowable essence, which is purely good, which is pure elokus, is the source of the simcha of, of Purim. And all the yichudim of, of Matanis Lev Yonim and Mishloach Manis Ishler Ehu. You see, people that have, like, you know, the people think that they have to sit around on Purim and they say, have to say fancy vertloch and they say all kinds of tarvis. The, the, the tzaddikim were Isaac and things much higher than that. They were Isaac and Purim Torah, which is Torah that makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. It's much higher than that. It comes from a much deeper place. Because that's who we are. We're tired. That doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. And to be Isaac and then a Purim is the pure simcha of Purim without, without getting stuck in, in the in the Das. Because Eitzadas is tovera, and it's the contradictions that's killing us. And the Eitzachayim is higher than that. And the Lachayim that a Jew makes on, 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 on Purim is to come back to that place of Reishat Losiyada, Adar, where there's no, there's no contradictions anymore. There are no contradictions. When you're able to see Matanis Levyonim Mishloch Manis Ishtim Ehu, where you're able to see the other person, you're able to see beyond the custom, the disguise, to see the toif, <coughs> to see in another Jew, the good of another Jew. Therefore, all of the usual separation and separations and boundaries that keep us apart during the entire year, when it comes to Purim, the, those things fall away. Then the, those the usual boundaries are not there that make a chilik between Reuven and Shimon and Levi and so on. Well, there's a blurring of all of those boundaries, and everything becomes just a big mush, where where the Kri and the Ksiv are no longer separated. It's no longer in that way, and that's that's what's going to be when Mashiach comes. That's how we're going to live when Mashiach comes. 
That's what's going to be the alakus that's going to be revealed. That which is not pronounced indicates the level of godliness that transcends, that transcends nature. That which is hidden. When Mashiach comes, one thirty-seven, the top of the right column in the footnote. When Mashiach comes, however, the, the aspect of elokus presently hidden within creation will be manifest and revealed. Consequently, we will be able to pronounce the shame Hamafurish in the same manner as it is written. For elokus, godliness will be revealed and manifest within creation. Won't, there won't be any more contradiction between the table and the, t- and the, and the table, the elokus of the table. There won't be a contradiction anymore. Now, that's, that's, the, that's what's going to be when Mashiach comes. Now, since what the Rebbe is explaining is since the reward or the outcome, the consequence of the teachings of the wellsprings of the Ba'af Chassidus, the outcome is what? Is this revelation of Elokus? Is, is this resolution of the contradiction? It must be that that's what Chassidus is. That's what Mashiach, since Mashiach is the consequence, since Gula depends on Hafatzis Hamayonis Chutzah, the river of Chassidus moving out and spreading out to Am Yisrael. So it must be, it must be that this is the Indian of Chassidus, the pulling away of the covering of the mask. That's why, that's why, as we, we're going to talk much more about, we've already spoken about so many times over the years, that's why the whole thing about uh, this whole Indian that, the, uh, that we talk about all the time, that the only way that I could be a good Jew is if I sit in the base of Madrid, this is so. This is so much not the derech abolshat. Was the abolshat of a kaddish? A person, is, a person wears a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt. It's it's covered with oil from lying under a truck and putting in different pieces to the truck. And while he's under the truck, he's singing Shoshana's Yaakov. It was a his. It's a his godless of Rashi Delosiada that that's not a contradiction. On a lower level, how could it be? You're telling me that I should actually go to work and I should be religious. How could that be? You tell me I should be in the world and still think of God? How could that be? I can't go to work. I can't be in the world and think of God. So you're only ready for Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is being out of the world and thinking of God. Purim is a much higher level. Purim is being in the world and not stopping to think about God for a second. That's, that's what Purim is. Therefore, by Chesidus, it wasn't a contradiction. I'm just giving you an example. It was never, it was never a contradiction. Now the Chesidus is not a real Chesidus. It's a... It's a going on. Hashem will, will, the light of the Baal will be revealed in all its beauty. What's going on a lot of chassidus is just, uh, you know, I'm in hugging and co- costumes and coverings and things like that, a lot of things. And in many ways, it's gotten further, even further away from from the non-chassidish world, in many ways. That's a uh, tragedy. That's what happens when something is very holy. You know. But but the, the Indian of chassidus is that it's not a contradiction to be in the world. There's not a contradiction to be in the world. It's not a contradiction to be at work. It's not a contradiction to eat and to experience God. Tam huruki If a Purim is high, on Purim we eat, and in everything that we eat, we taste the lukus. On Yom Kippur, not, we don't eat. Yom Kippur is a Yom Kippur is a more of a literature yantiv. You understand? <laughs> Purim is a chesedish yantiv. Purim is engaged in the world. In the elokus that's revealed in the world itself, is Rashi the highest level of kesser of tanuk, the highest shashum, the pleasure, the highest delight of the king, is not when his son is only a, a prince when he's in the palace. It's when his son is a prince even when he's far away from the palace. Right now, the prince can't deal with the contradiction between being in the palace and being in midtown Manhattan. 
That's the lower level of his godless. The highest his godless is that there's no contradiction between being in Yishlam and being in Manhattan. <coughs> when you come to that quintessential point of who you are, in the Kuda Atzmas of Elokuz, there's no contradiction between Arham and Baruch Mordechai. I could be in Yishlam and I could be in Manhattan. Now we have to say Lahavdal, Lahavdal. Now you have to say Lahavdal. So people took to the next level, uh, uh, learning Torah or being a Jew and going and, and going to work Lahavdal. You can't say them together. Lahav. It's, it's an unbelievable siluf. Uh, it's an unbelievable distortion of, of Yiddishkeit. On the deepest levels, a distortion of Yiddishkeit. The Nekuda Atzmis is that there's no contradiction at all. The racial Osiyad, there's no contradiction. A person being in the world and everything in the world is shining with a locus. Where, where are you running? Where are you going? What are you running away from? From God? From people? What are you, where are you hiding? What are you hiding from? There's no need of going away from God. Everything is God. Why are you running away? Or why do you think that you're going to be rescued by staying in the Bismarck? So we see nowadays that a person can live in the four walls of the Bismarck, and it doesn't necessarily save him from the world anyway. <clears throat> His godless, because now the, the entire world came into the iPhone. So a person walks into the Bismarck, he's got the iPhone with him, so the whole world is with him there anyway. The Tachlis. The of our avoidance, of what's going to be this godless of Mashiach, which is the which is the Nakuda Atmos of Chasidis and of all of creation, is to come to that point where Das is it takes a person to that to that Madrega where it's where where these are not these are no longer contradictions. Now, of course, in our present lives, we we say Lahavdil, there are separations, and a person has to be careful. A person has to make distinctions where he goes and what he does and so on. And and even when it comes to mitzvahs l'shmar, we stay away from any of these things. It's one of the reasons why the Misnagim were very upset with the Chassidim. They saw the danger in all of this. But this is the Tachlis. The Tachlis is the Lokus that's in, that's in everything, in everything. Uh, we have to dive into this. Sorry, I know, as we had something to say, but we we'll Put on, on hold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank Oh, next week there's no Shia now. Shushan.